Hey, I'm Rob Garbas and this is The Compositional. Today, we are going to talk about Nix. As a long-time user, I've introduced and helped few organizations to adopt Nix. One of the unavoidable problems um, when introducing Nix is having to set up and maintain various CI uh, infrastructure. Uh, and even if you have your instance of Hydra up and running, uh, or any other CI for that matter, scaling and managing it is never fun. You're always kind of playing uh, the catch game. Uh, but what I noticed, um, especially in the last year, is that many tools and especially services are being built and developed in the Nix community. This means that starting a new Nix project, project or adopting it in your organization is becoming easier and easier. Uh, one of these services uh, is nixbuild.net. And I'd like to welcome Richard Nielsen, founder of Immutable Solutions, a company behind nixbuild.net. Hi, Richard. Hi. I did a bit of introduction because I thought it's important um, that kind of people get a feeling where why this is so important. And I think you're the perfect guest to kind of answer that. But many of, maybe some of our listeners don't know you. So, but I, I do know you for quite some time now. And uh, the story I always tell uh, whenever I have to mention Immutable Solutions, the company, is that when I was organizing the, the Nix conference in Berlin, your company was the first sponsor that actually replied, which was very, um, how to say, encouraging. Because at that point, we didn't even know if there are companies that do Nix. Well, we knew some, uh, but are they willing to sponsor even an event like this? So thank you for <laughs> years back. Yeah, I, I'm happy, happy to, to be able to, to help out. Yeah. So um, I have this beginning question that I try to ask to everybody. It's kind of because it tells a bit of a story of every person is how did you came to Nix? Uh, and maybe with a bit of a twist to it, um, do you maybe remember the pain points when you were learning Nix? I mean, it's probably way uh, in the past, but maybe you have some anecdote around that. Yeah, it's it's. Um... It's a long time since I started using Nix. Uh, I tried to to remember how I started using it. Uh, looking back at, at uh, like email conversations and, and things like that, it seemed I started using it 2010. And I remember at one point I tried it out and uh, like uh, installed a, a base system in some VM. And then I was probably a bit confused, <laughs> and then I put it aside, and then I picked up picked it up again, and uh, then something must have clicked uh, because I replaced my Arch Linux uh, install with uh, Nix OS, and uh, it, it like took over all my my compute infrastructure uh, basically, but. I remember remember who it was that that uh, um, tipped me off <laughs> about Nix, and it was uh, the the guy that I'm working together with now, David Verne. 
so I, I remember he recommended me to look into it, but I don't remember like uh, <laughs> I, I didn't have any plan uh, when I started using it, but but I I, I, I really liked it, and uh, yeah, I, I I really can't remember anything about any pain points or how I I sort of I've always been kind of fond of, of the the Nix language uh, itself I, I think it's um, it's a good like a mix between JSON and a bit of functional programming mm. so I, I maybe I should say that I, I was like a, a Haskell uh, I was very into Haskell at that at that time and still is so maybe that uh, helped me out uh, like uh, getting into the the language so the what came out of that from 2010 now you have a company which is well probably not only built around Nix but a uh, big part of it I imagine yeah exactly yeah absolutely <laughs> Uh, so David is your uh, co-founder of the Immutable Solutions. Actually, Immutable Solutions is is my my own company that that I've I, like a freelancing company uh, that I've been uh, like uh, operating since 2011 or something like that. Um, but but we are using the company like f for all practical stuff so so it's it's operating nixbuild.net but me and david is is the founders of, of of the service and we'll eventually move it out of my own company into some something that we own together i imagine you're postponing postponing the paperwork for some time when yeah. for the time when you will really have all the time <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. and this last year hasn't like uh, the pandemic uh, has been uh, sort of uh, making everything slower in that regard around uh, like getting getting organized in in uh, it's like setting up bank meetings and stuff like that so yeah <laughs> yeah i imagine opening bank account well it should be easy right in the 2021 right i mean you should just go online you should click something and that should be it right but it's not so easy yeah. <laughs> No, it, it turns out that it, it's still a lot of uh, manual work, and, and we we live in separate countries, so uh, uh, there's uh, <laughs> like logistic uh, problems around it too. So yeah. Oh, I imagine. Yeah. So uh, kind of going with um, nixbuild.net. Uh, I think you recently celebrated the the first candle on the cake. So one year, yep. Well, from the announcement, and actually, I think it was open to a wider audience to the public in like eight months ago. Was it end of the summer? I think it yeah, was. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, that's yeah, cool. yeah. So I did make already the. I think I was already in the beta account, or at least I created it and requested, uh, but I never came around to actually use it. So. Um, it's still on my to-do list of things that I need to try, uh, uh, but it's right there uh, at the top now. Um, so 
how did you come to an idea that Nick's community needs uh, uh, maybe nixbuild.net? And actually, maybe in the same sentence, you can also explain how does it work. Yeah, sure. So it, it's it's like a scratch your own itch project. So I've been setting up Hydra instances uh, for myself and for for uh, clients. And uh, I mean, Hydra in, in itself is is a great uh, thing. And there's lots of stuff that can annoy you about it. But but the most difficult thing. The thing that I found most difficult was like getting something scalable and cost and cost effective. Uh, so when you run CI jobs, um, you have for like for not for a not so very large company, you have a very uneven load on your build servers. So if you set up a build farm that can handle uh, your average peaks, uh, then you will waste a lot of money if you let them run for like off hours. Um, and I tried for a very long time to to get that working, like auto scaling. I mean, AWS, Google and, and all of those have auto scaling. Um, but it's it's tricky to to integrate with Hydra, uh, but but I tried anyway, and I had something that sort of worked. But there was also always a lot of problems because Hydra, um, you sort of you lose Hydra. Know what it has in its 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 own build queue, but uh, it doesn't know much about the jobs themselves so it can sort of it can sense a lot of large job to one build machine and then a bunch of small jobs to another and then you get uh, inefficiencies uh, this means it, there is a lot of copying between the different uh, i don't know how, how we call them runners right yeah exactly that's the problem too that you want to copy dependencies but uh, but also like the, the the compute requirements or memory requirements of builds. Hydra has no notion of of, of what re resources a build use. So um, in our ex in one of our um, CI jobs, started a lot of uh, virtual machines, uh, to, like set up a, a network of Nix servers to run integrations tests against. And then they used up a lot of memory. And if Hydra managed to place two or three of those jobs running at the same time, then you <laughs> at the same build server, then you sort of will wreck, uh, wreck your build farm. And then you, you can hack around it by setting up, creating different like um, machine types in Hydra and sort of try to partition your, your workloads. So there's stuff you can do. Um, but at one point, I sort of uh, got uh, annoyed enough to, to like come up with something that would work properly. And um, the thing is that Nix uh, in its um, 
Nix has a very nice way of has has very nice support for running remote builds. I mean, you can from your local computer you can send a build to run on any any system. Or you only need an SSH access and uh, and Nix installed on the target or the the remote system so it's it's very easy to like transport builds back and and, and build results back and forth between machines uh, so the problem is not uh, that's not a problem with next the problem is the the scheduling and uh, uh, and uh, yeah <laughs> how and the, the queuing and, uh, and and things like that so I started. I came up with an idea that you could sort of, if you implement, if you implement the Nix remote build protocol uh, and serve it over SSH, then you can sort of pretend that you are a single Nix machine, mm -hmm. and so you let Nix, the Nix client, send you any jobs. But then, since, since if you sort of uh, Act as a middleman uh, and uh, and handle all the communication with the client. Then you're free to distribute those builds uh, to to your own remote builders, and then you sort of uh, the Nix uh, the end user uh, just see a single Nix machine that. He, he can throw any number of builds at and then you can do on the back end you can do whatever you want to like the, to launch now new build machines and uh, like um, analyze the builds uh, to see what resources they use and, and try to be smarter about how you how you schedule them so that was the idea and uh, I basically <laughs> Yeah, started to implement it to see if if I if that that was a viable idea, and um, I think it has turned out to be to be a great uh, great idea. So uh, what surprised me when I heard of nixbuild.net was uh, that whenever I looked at the problem of the CIA, uh, of of kind of scaling and solving the infrastructure, I was always looking like oh we need to rewrite Hydra or in that uh sort of things and then of course uh scheduling and all of this would be part of it uh but what i then didn't realize is that we already have pieces kind of already there that just re-implementing and kind of creating a proxy for other demons so to say because i think this is what it is right yeah, a really exactly. smart proxy yeah. for the next demon yeah exactly and i, yeah, I think that's so, uh, uh, Go I think go. that's one of the, the strengths of Nix itself that it's it has already defined those those interfaces. This goes bo both for the builds, but also for the the binary caches. Uh, so I think, yeah, so, so Nix makes it very easy to like distribute build artifacts and builds, and so, so a lot of the important stuff uh, are already there. So yeah, I was able to make this like a, a separate uh, piece of the puzzle that ju just solved one uh, issue, like the issue of, of scheduling builds. Uh, and uh, then I think 
yeah, Hydra probably needs uh, more uh, work, more uh, and new ideas. But I think you can like develop those two things separately, like uh, like all the CI stuff. Uh, isn't really dependent on the the build the build running build runners i was really impressed by the kind of like you almost with a surgical precision it was like exactly here we'll place it and it's like it solves really the pro a lot of problems that we have so uh that kind of excites me because whenever i like I, i'm almost looking for a problem to use nix built net let's put it this way <laughs> um so simple like it integrates very like it's a one-liner in the next configuration uh this is really amazing and but you said you re-implemented the nix daemon uh api and i think i at one point this was like years i think it was also around 2011 12 when i looked at this it wasn't documented anywhere so you really had to reverse engineer it yeah exactly uh i have but but the the Nix sources are, are are not that bad. Uh, I mean, it's 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 quite easy to follow, and uh, I don't have to. I didn't have to Im implement the whole Daemon API. And in fact, there's there's two different uh, build remote build protocols in in Nix, and uh, so NixBuild.net is using the the one that's called uh, legacy SSH store. And that, that is also like the recommended way of setting up remote builders. And then you are actually not your, your Nix um, client isn't communi communicating directly with, with the daemon itself. So it, it's not actually, uh, it's not actually talking over the, the daemon API. It's it's uh, invoking the Nix uh, the Nix client on the target uh, server and then talking like a minimal protocol with that one, which in turn will 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 talk with the the daemon. So, um, but I I picked like I picked uh, implementing that protocol because that's the 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 recommended, the, the documented way of setting up uh, uh, remote builders in Nix now, but but I could probably also implement the the needed parts of of the uh, daemon protocol, um, and I don't know the long term plan in Nix, uh, which protocol that is supposed to be used. Um, but I don't see any difficulties for for NixBuild.net to like support support that there will be some protocol to 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 do these things, and I I don't see any difficulty in in like implementing what's what's needed on the NixBuild, as long as th there is no fundamental concept conceptual changes in Nix. But I I don't think that's going to happen soon. So yeah. Uh... That would be an interesting uh, now to have Ilko here, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. And to ask him directly. So I'll actually write this question down because uh, I hope to host him uh, in the future episodes. 
Um, and I, I think I just need to start collecting all the questions uh, to ask him. But would there be anything you're missing from the Nigis Demon uh, API or it would be, maybe you're not missing it, but it would be a nice thing to have, uh, like an addition? Something that I would like to have in, in like the API. API. Yeah, that that will allow you to do more things that you're doing now. I think that uh, there are some things that are a bit inefficient with the API now uh, that could probably be, be optimized. But then again, I'm using this um, this so-called legacy API. Uh, so I haven't really delved into the, the, the direct Nix daemon API. So, I mean, by the name, it sounds like they're not going to make uh, any, any larger changes in, in this API. So, but there, there are things like the order of how, how Nix like asks if things are in, if, if the input dependencies are in place and uh, uh, there are things there that could be like streamlined or pipelined a bit more so so it so I could do more stuff uh, in a single so, so you could do away with a bit of back and forth communication um, there yeah, so there's probably room for optimization in in the the protocol um, but it's also connected to substitution and um, yeah that whole uh, part of, of uh, sending closures uh, back and forth. So I haven't really uh, uh, done any uh, in-depth thinking about how, how the protocol could be optimized. Uh, I think that's not a, uh, a big bottleneck at the moment for, for nixbuild.net. So it's, it's not a big issue uh, at the moment, but I mean, everything can be improved. Uh. Yeah, okay. I'm gonna, I'm definitely, I think there is some further discussion to be had, uh, to be held um, with whoever designs the next daemon API, if there even needs to be an update. Uh, but let's go maybe back to the the, the, the service, the Nix build, uh, .NET. So it's now one year old. Yeah. Are there any things that you would do differently in the last year uh, that you kind of now that I've looked back, I would do it a bit differently or it actually, you're going into the direction that you kind of envisioned? I mean, there's, there's smaller things like, like the order I prioritized and the work, but um, I mean, in the in the beginning, it was just uh, like a proof of concept thing, and then I thought, yes, this could be a viable like service, and then I started to think about uh, everything that that needed to be in place to 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 be able to run it for for like public users. You you have to have proper isolations between the bills and, uh, and stuff like that. And I sort of just listed all the things I needed and, and then I started to work at one item at a time. And um, it, I, I, I probably got sidetracked during this and, and made some um, unnecessary 
stuff, but uh, it's it's hard to tell uh, when you start out. So I think we, uh, I'm actually quite happy about, I was able to launch it uh, quite early on for, for like beta users. Uh, and then I got great feedback from, from a real usage and like that uncovered a lot of edge cases in the, like in the build sandbox and uh, stuff like that. Uh, and so it's, yeah, now it's a very, like a reliable service that, that one does, does what it's supposed to do. Uh, but I have lots of uh, ideas for, for um, for new features, and I, I want to support new uh, new uh, platforms and stuff like that. So maybe now I have I'm more it's it's more difficult now to like prioritize the work yeah, because I have so many stuff that I want to do, but limited time, and then uh, also like limited input from what users really would. Uh, would uh, value yeah up until now it's it's been quite a nice progress nice uh, yeah i mean i would almost say that this is like a common thing that when you start a project you kind of you're, you're not really sure in which direction you're going or what the order should be uh and i would definitely make the same mistake i can if not more <laughs> uh but um, I wanted to ask, uh, do you, uh, so how do you now prioritize now? Uh, the, you probably talk, you said you talk to your users. Yeah. Is this in, is this in some kind of a public space uh, or it's internal um, kind of private surveys that you conduct? I haven't done any formal surveys, but uh, I'm, I'm planning to do that to get a bit more like systematic feedback. Um, so it's mostly uh, like users that ask me for stuff. Does this work? Uh, is this supported? Will this be supported? And uh, then at some points I, I ask users that uh, that have been maybe that have been using using the system since the 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 start from the beta phase. Um, ask them about like. I'm planning to do this. Would this be valuable or like, yeah. So it's, yeah, it's not, I haven't asked for any public uh, feedback and I haven't done any systematic uh, surveys or anything like that. Um, but I, I think I'm at least uh, doing uh, user surveys that, that could sort of help me direct the development will be would be useful at this point yeah i guess this is always hard how to prioritize um if it's not a secret is there any uh bold, like a number you can uh, share how many users or how many hours of cpu are being used per month or per day uh, on average or just so uh kind of the listeners to get an idea that this is like a of a size of a project yeah, at, at the moment it's it's not a very uh, it's not a 
very large number of users. I, I think I have like 10 users that are really continuously using it uh, actively um, or user accounts. Some of them can be companies that are running CI or something like that and, and some are more individuals. So and usage varies a lot. Uh, but you get I get those uh, uh, usual bursts of activity when uh, like people are updating their dependencies or something like that. Then you get a lot of concurrent co concurrent builds. So you have these these spikes, and then uh, in the in the in the time between, you have like a more constant lower flow of, of builds. So you actually know when a company is kind of uh, when when they start working, right? In the morning. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> when they enter the nick shell and. <laughs> you see the spike. Interesting. Um, so you already mentioned uh, one more thing, which I want to dive into. Uh, I'm not sure how recent it was, but um, so Nix build net also support uh, different binary caches as well. So we can provide your own binary cache and even upload to it. Uh, that supported or even uh, is cachex even supported? at this stage yet downloading from from binary caches is supported so you you can add uh, any number of binary caches that that nixbuild.net will query during mm -hmm. the substitution phase uh, uploading is not supported yet but i want to have it like so uh, so when a build is done nixbuild.net could push that uh, artifact to uh, a binary cache of your of your choice, and of course, Cashix uh, would be uh, would be definitely nice to have to to push uh, to be able to push binaries to to Cashix, and that's like an obvious feature to have. So it's it's on my list, and and will be will be implemented. Um, uh, I imagine the list is kind of growing, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it, it's gonna go smaller at one point, definitely. Um, you also mentioned um, that you, especially in the beginning, in that uh, early beta phase, you were investing a lot of time into properly isolating um, and providing the, like the, ensuring that the builds, because I imagine there are multiple users using the same proxy, so how their builds are not um, kind of sharing. Uh, confidential data like how do you ensure that yeah i've actually implemented uh we uh, we have our own sandbox uh running the bills uh, and it's based on the kvm uh, virtualization so every build is for every build that we start uh we launch a small Linux environment in in uh, KVM with uh, QMU, um, and then we have uh, uh, like an agent running inside that virtual machine that we have developed, and we have a small protocol then that that uh, our front end uh, talks. To that agent inside the virtual uh, virtual environment 
the isolated environment. And then we can send, uh, send build requests uh, into that uh, environment. And inside there, we launch Nix to run the build. And then we sort of proxy all the Nix uh, traffic to our outside the, the, the virtual isolated environment. So we, we're not using, we're not running the Nix daemon anywhere. So we just, we have our front end becomes the big Nix daemon. And then it in turn will launch lots of uh, uh, Nix uh, instances that, that will run one build each. And uh, so, so every build is, is completely isolated from each other. Uh, and we are able to do things like have a virtual file system inside that um, that environment that uh, only uh, that provides all the inputs and no other things and they are read only for for the next process so all the the input closures will be available in a in a virtual file system and we are able to like control exactly what what is uh, available in that in that uh, file system? Uh, so there is. So if I run two times Nix build, this would actually mean two KVM con um, uh, mach uh, virtual VMs being spawned. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then inside, they would still share my portion uh, based on my SSH key, I assume, or how no. uh, the uh. virtual the they will still share some sort of a, a built artifacts from a previous build. Yeah, exactly. The the if they use the same build uh, inputs, then they mm -hmm. will they will be they will both see them. Yeah, and this is how you get isolation, trust, and then also optimi optimizing, uh, so that you don't build all the time. <laughs> um, how does the uh, I imagine uh, those uh, there are there are some interested in actually giving this a try, and with services like AWS and GCP, um, there is a well-known um, uh, that you can quickly go bankrupt over the night uh, if you let things run out of control. Uh, how does the pricing work, uh, and how is there some kind of a protection against that? That if you if I configure and I give uh, give my credit card, um, that I will not wake up to a thousand dollar bill. Yeah, that that is uh, right from the start. You you can create when you create an account, you get a number of free hours, free build hours, and you don't have to provide any credit card or, or anything like that. So. Uh, so you can try it out and then you can run as much as you like. And when those three hours has been consumed, then then you can't run anything more. <laughs> so you're 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 not going to to uh, pay anything. Uh, but if you then want to to start paying for the service and use it for non free bills, uh, then there's a, a monthly limit on, on the number of build hours uh, that you can configure yourself. So you can set a monthly spending limit. Uh, and then as soon as you hit that limit, it, 
it won't start any new builds or and incur any new costs. So, and the pricing itself is based. Uh, we own we we only count uh, the CPU hours consumed now, and uh, so we have tried to bake like everything, like memory usage and network uses and storage usage in into that that price. Uh, but this is something that maybe will change in the future. Uh, depending on like the nature of of, of bills and uh, and uh, the yeah, so it's it's sort of a first. Uh, this is a first introductory pricing model that it's sort of the this is the easiest and most convenient thing to do uh, to for the users actually because you don't have to you only pay for what you use and uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I must admit it's the model is quite simple. You don't have to calculate oh how much traffic, how much this. No, it's no, exactly. this is per the build hour. And um, yeah, I didn't know because I haven't used it yet. But apparently, you can set the limit, and I think that's uh, uh, yeah, it's definitely welcome. <laughs> yeah, then it's it's of course it's hard to know how much compute resources, CPU hours, your bills. Uh, consumes. I mean, that differs a lot uh, depending on on what kind of builds you run. But it's kind of easy to. I mean, often you run basically the same builds over and over again. If you have a CI setup or you're working on a project, so it's kind of e easy to uh, run a couple of builds and see how much time they take or consume, and then uh, you can like extrapolate from from that number. Yeah, I guess with time you learn what's your usage, and then you can limit that. Um, you you mentioned the, also the that currently also on the website you say that you only build for um, Linux um, forty six bit, right? Yeah, uh, th those platforms are only available. Uh, is this is the platform that is only available? Uh, which other platforms are you planning, um, or at least? in your to-do list, what's high on your radar to support? So uh, next thing, I think uh, ARM 64 bits, so ARCH 64, I guess it's called uh, Linux uh, is that is uh, we have already tested that. So so it, it works and our sandbox works uh, with it. Uh, so that that's more of uh, there's some more integration things that need to be sorted out, and then of course also how we are going to provision the the those ARM machines, uh, and uh, if if we can keep the same pricing model, etc., things like that. So that's that's high on the list and. And then uh, Mac builds uh, are we also want to s support Mac OS, and that has like been complicated a bit further with the new Apple Silicon. Um, so we're like exploring how we can support both both the M M1 builds and and like uh, X64 builds for Mac OS. But since we, we want to keep, we want to like keep our promise about isolating the bills as much as possible. 
So this complicates things a bit on the on the Mac side because it's it's much uh, more uh, unfriendly towards uh, virtualization. So, mm. but I think we will get there. But I mean, <laughs> we have a limited number of uh, development resources, uh, so we have to uh, like do one one thing at a time and. Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, it's interesting. Like, I would also say that ARM is kind of almost the, with all the ARM devices popping up, uh, it's yeah, high on the list. That's, uh, and also macOS, because that's, uh, <laughs> uh, for those of us who don't have a Mac device, it would be nice to uh, know whether it builds. Yeah, exactly. And that is uh, like a one big um use case for 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 the service itself to be able to run mm. builds on an architecture that you don't have any local setup for so you just want to try out so so for mac users that want to run linux builds they can use nixbuild.net now and hopefully in the future like you can try out arm builds and and osx builds and so on uh, and that is like that is also something that the the big uh, the the major part of that work has has been is is due to Nix and its abilities to 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 like both cross compile but also like it's it's uh, it does this uh, platform uh, it takes these things seriously when it comes to like building things for different platforms it's it it does the it tries to do, do the right thing uh, solve the problem in a good way uh, so we just have to, to to provide the the builders for it yeah i mean that's the it's almost like a promised land i would say because uh, <laughs> i've been struggling with provide with testing on mac os and yeah uh, that would be nice to have is there any plan also for behind the firewall installations? Because this is like a service as a SaaS, maybe some companies. So a lot of people in the Nix community run Nix, particularly because they can run things on their own hardware or, and some companies actually require this. So like provisioning NixBuild.net inside uh, a company or using a company's cloud service or something like that. Yeah. I, I mean, I understand you're early in the process of of all of this, but uh, I'm more like um, I want to I want to uh, explore the vision you have uh, and kind of share with you the rest. Yeah, absolutely. So that has been um, like not part of the plan, but I mean uh, 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 something that I've been considering all the time. So so the system itself is very. Uh, wouldn't it wouldn't be hard to deploy the system uh, like that? Uh, so like hook up it, hook it up to install it locally somewhere, and hook it up to a company's uh, GCP account or AWS account or something like that. There's nothing in the architecture that that would so that there's nothing in the architecture that would would stop us from doing that. Uh, so I guess that's more of a like a, a marketing thing and a support thing. Uh, you would probably 
need uh, enough of a support uh, organization to be able to to handle those uh, use cases use cases but it's it's definitely doable and um, so but I mean to be able to to market it as a uh, as that kind of project pro product I assume that uh, companies would like would like to see that we have a track record of of like being able to to uh, to scale out builds and uh, to yeah handle handle the like various next builds that 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 uh, from in a real world setting so to speak so yeah, yeah. I mean, the the public serving, so to say, in the Nix built net uh, proxy, uh, the public one would be uh, like a, it is a nice uh, test case to prove that this actually works uh, in a larger scale. I'm really excited about Nix built net and actually the direction is going. Uh, I need to kick my ass to start using it. Uh, that's definitely because uh, I, you know, my my laptops and everything are going smaller uh, and I, I will definitely like to wait on that survey survey uh, and uh, provide the feedback um, would you, do you have any other closing remarks not that I can think of right now I think it was this was a, a great uh, great talk and it was fun to share like the ideas and the history behind nextbuild.net. Yeah, we will look at this in the future. Uh, for all the listeners, uh, please give nextbuild.net a try. Uh, it sounds a bit like promoting, but I think we need to give uh, companies in the Nix community all the help they need, and especially because they're in so early stage, we need to give them feedback. Because uh, I know when anybody of us is developing something, they need some sort of a guidance, because otherwise it's just us assuming things um, and scratching our own itch and we should be scratching everybody's itch. Thank you everybody and until next time.